everybody. Good morning. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us. Today's conversation, championship belts. The good, the bad, and, well, maybe even the ugly. The WWE recently unveiled a brand-new championship title, the World Heavyweight Championship, and crowned Seth Rollins its inaugural champion. That got us thinking. Over the years, there's been a lot of different title designs, some better than others, and with replica belts being big business for companies like the WWE, aesthetics play an important role. Today, we want to hear from you. What was your favorite championship design of all time? Why that is and who you picture when you think about that particular championship. This is 80s Wrestling the Podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I sit across from a man who knows a thing or two about championship belts because he's helped design a belt or two for ISPW. I'm sitting across from the champion among champions, Tommy Fierro. Good morning, Tommy. What is going on, brother? Good morning, Jumpin' Jay. How are you today, my friends? Doing very well, sir. Excited to talk to you once again. How... Is the in the, how's life in the world of Tommy Firo? You always got something going coming off of a huge ISPW shows. You got more coming down the pipeline. How are you doing this morning, my friend? <laughs> Crazy man. We actually uh, we actually have a show tomorrow. So uh, and we just had obviously had one last weekend. It was our big Memorial Day weekend show, and we crowned a new ISPW heavyweight champion, friend of the show. The King of Rock, Rick Recon, is your new ISPW heavyweight champion. And the match is actually available now if you want to go and subscribe to ISPW's YouTube page. It's ISPW Wrestling. And uh, that match is actually on there where he defeats Bull James for the ISPW heavyweight title. In this match, uh, a ton of different stars in there. Tito Santana is a special guest referee. So you actually get to see Tito Santana uh, referee in 2023. It was really cool. And then Hornswoggle got involved. He bit Maven's ass and Dave LaGreca was involved. And it was just, uh, <laughs> it was a whole smorgasbord of, uh, involvement. So, uh, I, I would definitely go out of your way today. Go over to, uh, ISPW Wrestling's YouTube page and, uh, you can see the match in its entirety and, and other matches as well on that show. The cool thing is when you watch it, and I, Jay, I know over the weekend, I text you a, a picture and a video to let you know that Recon won the title, and uh, I sent you a picture. And when you when you see it, it's literally on top of a mountain where we did the show. It's called Garin Mountain. It's a famous landmark in New Jersey, and we were at the top of the mountain, and where the ring set up. I mean, behind it is this beautiful lake and waterfalls, and it's like really really cool. And the visual of him at the end winning the title when you know, this, the sun had just set, and you see just see the sun setting with the, this lake and, the, and the, the waterfalls going off, and it was like a WWE send-off as a new champion. It was a really cool moment. So I would definitely check it out. And, yes, we're talking about championship belts. Uh, I did uh, help uh, design the ISW heavyweight title. Well, I didn't design it, but I had the idea of doing – the old school Andre the Giant mm-hmm. heavyweight title when he, uh, you know, quickly got it from Hogan. That design is actually designed for the ISW heavyweight title, and you'll you'll see it on the the uh, the videos if you go to Rick Recon's social media pages. I'm sure he has pictures of it posted. But yeah, man, uh, today we're talking about championship belts: the good, the bad, the ugly. 
what our favorites are, and more importantly, what your favorites are. Anyone out there that wants to call and give us a call, 516-595-8295. Again, that's 516-595-8295. Let us know your favorite championship belts. I'll tell you, before we go to the first caller, Jumpin' Jay, uh, I think that we are probably in agreement that the Winged Eagle was my all-time favorite. I believe it was yours as well. Uh, a very, 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 very close second for me, and I'm curious to see what you think. I'm sure that you probably are going to agree with this as well. Uh, my, the second one for me, really close second, is that classic intercontinental title belt that Ricky Steamboat held, that Randy Savage held, and so on and so forth. I love that intercontinental title, especially when it was in white. I really thought that was cool. Yeah, those are the two belts that – are on the tippy top of my list, man. And I don't know if it's because that's the era we grew up in. And so those were the titles that we kind of watched throughout our childhood. If that's why they're so special to us, but I think the designs hold up. I think if you take a look at the winged Eagle or that classic IC belt and you compare it to any belt from any era, I think it draws the eye. I think there's solid designs and obviously knowing who held those titles is what helps it mean so much more to us. But I think if you didn't know any of that and you were just looking at the titles itself, it's hard to argue that those two aren't special looking. They look like something a champion would wear. And so, yeah, those are two at the very top of my list. I'm sure those are going to be two at the top of everybody's list, but there's been so many titles in so many different companies. Some of them have been fantastic looking, some of them not so much. With replica belts being huge among collectors, aesthetics matter. Looks matter. You want a championship belt that looks like something a champion would wear. And so I'm very interested to see where this conversation is going. The callers are already lined up. So we're just going to jump in, Tommy. We're going to start the conversation off. We're going to see where it leads. But I 100% agree with you. The Winged Eagle and the Classic IC title belts are two of the all-time greatest championship belt designs. But there are others. So let's see. Where we go. First up, Danny from Butler. Danny, good morning, sir. Thank you for joining the conversation about championship belts. Tommy, Jumpin' Jay, uh, good morning. Uh, excellent, excellent uh, topic. Uh, this is definitely morning, brother. Uh, something that, uh, you know, that this should definitely have a lot of discussion. Uh, we talk about the more iconic-looking titles, you know, Top of my list, without a doubt, is the classic IC title, the one that was first introduced to Tito Santana after Valentine destroyed the the old the, the with the green strap in the uh, steel cage and back in '85. That right there, the original classic IC title with the red mm-hmm. WWF uh, insignia on it. To me, that's the that's probably the standard of all championship-looking belts. You know, just me personally, because of the, the you know, iconic superstars that, that had it, the matches that, you know, you think about with that title, obviously Savage Steamboat, you know, the, you know, Bret Hart, perfect, uh, Bret Hart, uh, Davey Boy, and so on, the, you know, Shawn Michaels and Razor, you know, that belt, without a doubt, I think has to, it's at the top of a lot of people's uh, list. Um you you know, we talk about the Wing Eagle, that's definitely a close second to mine because that you know, you think about that one, it was I think that was it was introduced at that the main event when Andre got it, obviously, and then, you know, Savage 
went on to win at WrestleMania 4. That was the, I think, you know, they were talking, you know, rumors about bringing that title back. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with the current version of the WWE Championship, but that wing eagle, you know, holds a lot of uh, sentimental value to, you know, us fans, you know, growing up in the 80s into the 90s. uh, My least favorite designs would have to be, um, I think, when they brought, when they reintroduced the United States title back in the mid-2000s, I think that, you know, the, the way that design, it didn't really have that luster that WC, the NWA and WCW had when, you know, the Lex Luger won, um, you know, guys like uh, Magnum TA, Ricky Steamboat, the ones that they that held, that one left a lot to be desired. Um, I think the current version of the Intercontinental title is, is not the greatest, it's not horrible, but it kind of just reminds me of, it's like another version, probably a knockoff of the AEW title, which I'm not much of a fan of. Um, uh, I think they WWE hit a home run with the new World Heavyweight Championship design. I think it interlocks all, uh, I think, different uh, generations of, of the WWE with the winged eagle. Obviously, it still has somewhat of an appearance to the, the big title from the NWA. So, you know, like I said, when you talk about the – classic iconic championship belts without a doubt the original classic IC title stands out to me yeah I, th- I think you're absolutely right and I, and I think when you reference the brand new title the one that they just gave or uh, Seth Rollins just won uh, that title see for a while I think the WWE went to more of a branding decision where they put their logo just like the whole belt is just the giant WWE logo and I get it from a branding standpoint but I think you're right this world heavyweight championship that Seth Rollins just won kind of marries the two it's got an old school belt design feel to it and then they still have that big WWE logo right there in the middle and when we grew up the WF logo was just at the top center of the belt, small. You know, the the belt design is what you mainly saw, but the WF logo was there small at the top. Now it has to be uh, displayed right there in the center. And so I think it's a good compromise. I think it has the feel and prestige of an old-school title, but it's still got the branding that WWE needs to do uh, for replicas, for toys, for things like that. Um, And so I think you're right. I think the World Heavyweight Championship is a nice design. It kind of is reminiscent of the big gold or, or a title we grew up seeing. And so I think it's a good compromise. Now I've seen you walk around the conventions with a replica belt and it is slipping my mind. Is it the IC belt that you were carrying around at, at wrestling eighties wrestling con? It was, it was, it was the, the IC belt. Like I said, with the, the first the introduction with, uh, with the red uh, WWF mm. insignia on it, that was the, the first one that was introduced to, to to Tito Santana, and then you know made a iconic, I think without a doubt by uh, Randy Savage and, and, and Steamboat, and then you know obviously Honky Tonk Man would uh, go on to win it, and I think he was when that also that main event, I but uh, in '88, uh, I think he they introduced a, a newer. I mean, the same design, but I think it was a different type of plate. The WWF logo was just a solid gold. It wasn't red. Right. It was introduced. Yep. After, I think they, they brought in a, a, a newer one because uh, I think uh, there's like a, a a folk tale that Randy, thinking that he was shining the belt, he used Brasso, and he kind of tarnished the gold 
uh, of when he held on to it. So that's why when you notice that, you know, when he did as later on during his reign, when he had towards the end, and then when Steamboat won, and then Honky, you notice that that gold, the the plate looked a little diminished and faded. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's why they introduced a, a newer one. That I th- I think I've heard that as well, and you can definitely tell in some photos that uh, it's no longer gold. It's almost looking. Uh, almost silver, like, yeah, like the gold plating or whatever they, they had to make it that color is being worn off. And I think you're right. I think Randy Savage used the wrong cleaner on it. Um, but to be honest with you, the belt design, I mean, when it's red on top, when the WF logo's in red, it really pops and catches the eye. But I, I like it either way. I like it with the red uh, WF or without. Uh, I think that design by itself, just that belt in general, is such a pretty-looking uh, championship title. Yeah, I think, you know, you go back, uh, you know, I think the fans, especially, you know, us got older, old school guys that grew up in that era, you know, we, we get, there's something about nostalgia. So you go back to when Cody Rhodes won the title in 2011, I think. Uh, he had the older, the, the one that was introduced, I guess, like in mm-hmm. 98 after the, you know, with The Rock, with the, 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 the newer uh, Intercontinental title. The, I think it was like more of a, rectangular version or, or, or like it was like there was nothing wrong with it but i think it kind of took away the luster so when they brought produce the classic uh version with the white strap that definitely you know that definitely got a big kick um to, with with the fans you know bringing back that old that classic look and you know like i said i i wouldn't be opposed to you know eventually bringing back the winged eagle version for the WWE title. I think, like I said, there's, there's nothing wrong with reintroducing the past. And like I said, it's like I said, if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. Um, I know, you know, I said there's a, a bunch of people, callers calling. I'm gonna let them uh, get their uh, opinions in. Uh, great topic. You know, always look forward to speaking with you guys. Uh, you guys uh, have a tremendous weekend. Tommy Jumping Jay, keep hitting it out of the ballpark. Uh, I'll hopefully speak to you guys next week. Sounds good, Danny. Thank you so, Danny. Thank you so You're much, one of our brother. favorite callers, brother. Enjoy your week. Yeah, always a pleasure, man. Like I said, I always uh, I wake up every Thursday morning, and I, that's the first thing I go on to is the either the Facebook or Instagram page to find out what nice. you guys are talking about if I'm free. Nice, we appreciate All it, right. brother. Thank you, brother. I got yeah. You guys take care. Have a great weekend. All you right, too, there man. you go, Thank Tommy. You the classic icy belt. It's on the board. We mentioned that, it, but that's that's the first caller to bring it up. You see that, Jumpin' Jay, you, how you provide that beautiful graphic every Thursday morning for us to post on social media. Some moment, Danny from Butler looks forward to logging on to our Instagram page and our Facebook go. page to see what the topic is. I want everyone know uh, we usually post uh, what the show is going to be about, usually about an hour before every week on our 80s wrestling social media page. So if you just... You know, you're curious what the topic is, because so am I most, most Thursday mornings. I, I, I usually go, Jay, hit me with it, and then he'll surprise you with the topic. Today's a, a really good one. But, yeah, going forward, anytime anyone wants to know the topic, to be prepared for it, instead of just calling in and waiting, uh, you can head over to 80s Wrestling on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We, we post it every Thursday about 9 a.m. Eastern time, the, the topic. So, yeah, man, I'm curious to see – what uh, other callers and also wanted to, as a promoter, also want to talk about a little bit later in the show about the difference between a belt making a wrestler and a mm. wrestler making the belt because it's two totally uh, different topics and they're both very interesting to talk about. So I think that we need to, 
discuss that as well today on the podcast while we're talking about belts in general. I like that, and I can't wait to hear your philosophy on it because I know uh, you think about the business from a different perspective than most fans, and so I'm excited to hear you break that down for us in just a little bit. Let's keep the conversation rolling. The old-school Intercontinental title is already on the board. Let's see what other titles make the list for the good, the bad, or, well, even the ugly. Up next, Firefighter Brian. Brian, good morning, sir. Thank you for joining us. We're talking about championship belt designs. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing very well. Good morning, brother. How are you today, man? I'm doing a lot better now that I'm talking to you guys. And uh, I I echo uh, Danny from Butler. You know, I always, uh, when I uh, get up in the morning, I always uh, look at the clock, 9 o'clock on the button. I'm looking to see what the topic is. You guys (laughs) have made Thursday mornings very exciting, getting us ready for the weekend. And uh, I just want to say quick, speaking of weekends, Tommy, uh, congratulations on another great Mm -hmm. show last weekend. I saw the video. It is spellbinding. And, um, you know, it it looks and sounds excellent. Great job. And uh, it uh, looks and sounds like everybody had a great weekend last weekend. I hope everybody had a great weekend. I know I did. And I, but I just want to say quick, and I know this goes without saying. I know everybody probably knows about this. Let well, I'm, I hope everybody had a great weekend. Let's remember what the weekend was all about, okay? Mm-hmm. Before right. we were partying, before we were partying on the beach, guys were fighting on the beach. So mm-hmm. um, it's all about sure. you know God bless all of them. And um, so as far as uh, and let me just ask you, Tommy. Uh, last week I asked you for the ISPW uh, Mount Rushmore. When you eventually go into the ISPW Hall of Fame, and you will, because if you're not in there, why would they have one? Um, who, who I'll, go, I'll you... go in there when Vince goes in there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Let, let me ask you. When you go in, who who would you want to induct you? I, I'm mm. intrigued to hear. Uh, who, who would induct you into the ISPW Hall of Fame? That's a really, really good question, man. That, that's Last week, too, was a really good question. You know what? I would really probably I'd have to give that some thought, man. I really, really would. I, I really don't have no much. I really have to give that a lot of thought. It, there's, I mean, I'm, depending on who it is, it would be special for different reasons, you know? Sure. Um, that's a really good question, though. Go again. Yeah, maybe maybe the Stromboli sisters. Maybe the Stromboli <laughs> sisters can induct me to the Hall of Fame. There you go. <laughs> I'll put it this way. If there's ever an 80s wrestling podcast Hall of Fame, they're inducting me. That's for damn sure. But anyway. Awesome. anyway You're the first inductee yeah. then. Oh, Babyface is going to be the first inductee. He uh, he built this foundation. So, uh, uh, I don't know. He, 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 uh, he, he's slacking. He's, he's usually the first caller of the day. I'm, I'm sure he's on hold. If not, uh, I don't know where he is. He's usually the first caller. You beat him. Well, listen, it's not a race. It's uh, it's who uh, contribute. You know, listen, he's a great caller. So Tom, Danny, uh, the, all of them, great, great call, Marty, when he, you know, he's able to call in, you know, great callers, great fans, and most importantly, great guys. So uh, with, with this, uh, uh, so let's get to this. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you could go with who can induct you, but uh, there's also a lot of ways with this topic here. And you, uh, Tommy, you hit, took the words right out of my mouth. The, the, the title doesn't make the man. The man makes the title. And 
uh, Jay, you opened the show with a very good point. Titles, replica titles, are very big business. And I'm in the majority, I would believe, of fans that feel there should be one heavyweight champion, mm. one intercontinental mm-hmm. champion, get rid of that goddamn U.S. title, um, one tag cha- t- champion, one women's champion, okay? And unfortunately, I don't think the current way they do it is going to go anywhere anytime soon, if ever, because like you said, Jay, they're big business. The more titles they make, the more money they can bring in. People collect them. There are people who bought that horrific 24-7 title. That, uh, that you talk about, okay, you want to talk about ugly? That Divas title, that should have been lit on fire from the get-go, okay? Um, so they're big money, and that's why I think we get this all the time. Um, I'm... Like you guys, I'm, I wouldn't say old school, but I always, you know, if it's not broken, don't touch it. And the winged eagle title and the intercontinental title, the old school tag titles that mm-hmm. they used till about late 90s, okay? Um, like I said, the title doesn't make the man. The man makes title. When you look at the guys that have held those titles, okay, that's what I think makes the titles so special. And, um, you know, if you watch the Most Wanted Treasures, when they took out the Intercontinental title, Austin said, when Owen broke my neck, I said to Vince, I'm keeping this title. Mm-hmm. And that might have been what started it. But uh, before I uh, go, because we'll, we'll let babyface whoever's holding on, but uh, I'll just say, what one thing I don't like, and I want to get your guys' title on this, uh, take on this, what I think was the beginning of the end, was the Smoking Skull title. It was, like, it's cool in design, don't get me wrong, and, like, seen as, like, spinning wheel title, that was, they're cool designs. I'm not saying they suck. Um, The thing is, you know, did they ever, did they ever change the Lombardi trophy? Did they ever doctor the World Series trophy? Did they ever change the Stanley Cup? No. And, they are more meaningful and any player, whoever takes the field or the ice or whatever, court, whatever, vile, uh, vice for that title. And that's what I think. It, it just kills it. And I don't like now they have the titles with customized plates. I just don't like that. I understand why they do it. Listen, it's making, they're making too much money to stop doing it. But I think it tarnishes the title. And it's history. What, what do you guys think about that? You first, Jay. I would agree that I don't like when wrestlers are allowed to change or customize a championship to the point where it no longer looks like the belt they were chasing. And I think you're right. I think the smoking skull belt kind of started that trend and I'm not saying I don't blame Stone Cold at all because I don't uh, necessarily believe that he was behind that decision but when you custom when you take a championship belt and you change it to the point where it's more of a representation of you than the championship itself it kind of makes it seem like you're indicating you're bigger than the business or you're bigger than that title and that doesn't uh, sit well in my soul either. I think if you are chasing a specific title and you get that title, you should be proud to wear it as is, and you shouldn't feel the need 
to customize. And again, I don't think that's a wrestler decision being made. I think that's a marketing decision being made behind the scenes. Same with the spinner belt. Um, the custom side plates now where they have the guy's names or their logo on the side, that doesn't bother me as much because when you think of like the big gold belt used to have, you know, the wrestler's name at the bottom. And it always was weird to me when you win the belt, that first photo of you holding it up has some other guy's name on the front of it, which always seems weird in a photo, but I would agree. Thank I like you. belts to stay Thank belts. You. Thank you. Yep. That's exactly why I don't like it, but go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I like belts to stay belt. I agree with your sentiment there all hundred percent. Tommy, what say you? You know, uh, they, uh, Brian brought up a really great point uh, that something I had never even thought about or considered before, but it was very, very, very smart. What he said is like the, the Lombardi trophy, it's never changed. Right. You know, the, 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 the Stanley cup, it's never changed. So yeah, man, that, that's a really good point. I, I, I understand, like you just said, why they did it, and, and I guess, and you probably make a really valid point. Like when they started doing Stone Cold's own custom belt, and then that mm-hmm. went into a marketing frenzy. And can you imagine if back when we were kids, remember when we would open up the WWF magazine, and the middle of the magazine was all the new T-shirts and the posters yep. and the paraphernalia? Can you imagine? the money they yep. could have made back then when it was literally part of pop culture. Imagine mm-hmm. replica Hulk Hogan belts and intercontinental belts. Man, they could have fucking made quadrillions of dollars. So, yeah, it was definitely a marketing thing. I'm, I'm really surprised they didn't think of the concept back then uh, to do that because they would have made so much money. But, yeah, I, I mean, today it's obviously about marketing, and, and, and that's why they probably changed – belts every couple of years. I'm actually I'm in the store right now, the wrestling collector, and I'm looking at the pro wrestling illustrated magazine from February of this past year. And the Usos are on the cover of it. And these tag team belts are holding are absolute trash. It looks like pennies on, you know, just, just, like, remember like the, the demo, it does, right? The demolition, yep. those, like those tag team belts that yes. they held and, and all like, man, those belts are so damn cool. Yeah, why fuck with it, man? I would, like he said, he brought up a really, really, really valid point. The Lombardi Trophy has never changed. The Stanley Cup has never changed. Very, very valid point. Very smart point. Yeah, you know, and I well, think I'm, in, I think in Jeff Hardy's book, he talks about growing up seeing the IC belt on TV, and then when he finally won it, it was a different, newer version. And he said he was sitting in his hotel room looking at this belt, and he didn't feel like he thought he would have felt capturing that belt because it was a different title to him. It looked different. It, it didn't have the same lineage, even though the lineage continues, but when the belt changes and you visualize that moment of what it's going to be like to capture that title you've been chasing, and then they change the design, it does take a little bit of the the feeling away once, you, once you're holding it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I... So do I, Tommy. Guys, I'll end with this. The one exception I liked was when uh, Daniel Bryan, as he was in the WWE, when he had it like environment friendly to championship. (laughs) That was fun. That 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 was cool. Okay, that 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 I liked. So uh, with that, I'll uh, you know, there's people waiting, and uh, listen, that guys. Thanks, as always, for all the time you give us. Thanks for making Thursday mornings exciting, a great start to, to, to the weekend. And uh, 
Good luck with everything, and I will hopefully talk to you guys next week. All right? Sounds Thank good, you, Brian. Brother. Thank you so great, much, great, brother. Great conversation tonight, man. Great conversation. All right, Tom. You know, as he was talking about titles changing, and, and I spoke my piece, and then my brain went, when the warrior would just change the strap to match his outfit. I thought that was cool as a, as a kid, as a fan. And the only time that bothered me, and Sergeant Fodder tells the story when he was on this podcast, when he won it and it had that silly purple strap on it, and him and Hogan had to take WrestleMania pictures with a purple strap belt instead of a black one. That's the only time it seemed weird and out of place. But on the Warrior, the color-changing strap is what helped that make that character, I think. Yeah, man, I, I agree with that. And I used to love all the different strap colors that Warrior would have to match his outfits during that time frame. And, yeah, it made it, made it seem hipper, made it seem cool, made it seem, you know, happening. I, I didn't mind that at all. I, 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 mean, I, mean, I mean, obviously back then I loved it. I was a big Warrior fan. But now, in understanding the business and looking back on that, I, that was a great – even though they weren't selling them, can you imagine well, – real quickly, before we jump to the next call – we're talking about marketing titles back in, in the late 80s, early 90s. Now, when Warrior had that belt, can you imagine you go into the, you know, you go to the souvenir stand and here's the pink belt, the purple belt, the white belt, the, I mean, the right. green belt, the neon pink belt, like everything that all has different colors. And now boys and girls can buy them because there's a pink one or there's a light blue one. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, they, they, what a what a opportunity they, they had back then to, make that money but maybe back then uh maybe they, there wasn't a company at that time that can spit belts out that quickly right. like that you know maybe right. it's something that they just discovered in the last 25 years or so but can you imagine right. the money they would have made during that hulk hogan craze with 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 with, with belts it would have been, been insane and i think the thing about the warrior that the, he didn't change the the plate design it was just the color of the strap and so i think you were okay with it but yeah because you'd have had kids that would have needed one of every color and so yeah it would have been a big money-making thing and you know you talk about maybe the availability of making belts at a mass quantity wasn't there you know 30 40 years ago like it is today and you even got to think the the toy belts that they did make for a long time the the foam ones they didn't even match the designs of the ones we saw on tv but kids would still buy them. So yeah, if you could, if ten-year-old Tommy could have had a replica, real deal replica belt, he would have been the happiest kid on the block. I promise you. Yeah, man. And, and listen, if you look back in those, and yes, you're right. Uh, but if you would look back during that time frame, if you look back in the WWF magazines from like '85, '86, '87, and you would see them listing Coliseum videos for sixty dollars each. So if they were getting $60 for a VHS tape, I mean, I, I know <laughs> there's a lot of money back in 1985, 1986, but yeah. so even if it was like 200 bucks for a belt. I know now they're like $300, $400, but back then, yes. you know, $200 was worth a lot more than it is now. Yes. But can you imagine, if, if people were buying those costume videos for 60 a clip, they definitely could have sold belts at 225 a clip. Oh, for sure. For sure. But like you said, it just they didn't have the the ability to produce them at that level. And yeah, I don't know. Or, or or maybe or maybe they just listen, maybe maybe they, they, they could have, but maybe it's just something that no one ever thought of until they started right. doing it, you know. It could be right. that as well, you know. Just it was a simple idea that just no one ever thought of, you know. Kinda of like well, you doing the podcast with me, right? That's that's right. It was a great idea. <laughs> 
Uh, we just hadn't thought of it until we thought of it. Um, I will say this before we jump into the next caller. The replica belts that you can get from either the WWE Shop Zone or there's other, there's other companies like Fandu belts are beautiful. I When we went to 80s Wrestling Con, was it the first one that you had Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at? And he brought his real deal IC belt, and he lets you hold it in yeah, a picture. As nice as the replicas are, they do not compare to the real deal because that belt that Ricky the Dragon Steamboat let me, let me hold, the plates were so thick. It had such good weight to it. It was a very impressive uh, thing. And so I'm not taking anything away from the replica belts, but there is something special about holding a real deal championship belt in your hands. Yeah, man, absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm really curious what it was back then, if it was the factor that they just never thought of that idea or I like I would know, it was probably I would too to expensive. I would love to find <clears throat> I would love to find out who was in charge of merchandise back then during that time frame. I, I'm one, I'm so curious to see if it was an idea that was ever even brought up or not. You know? Right. I don't know. Yeah, because I mean they had foam ones and they went to plastic ones. I just you probably just had a handful of guys like Reggie Parks who were making belts, and the thought of mass producing them wasn't even on your radar. But. Uh, it would be interesting to talk to someone like you said. Well, yeah, let's man, keep the conversation really rolling. What's that? No, I'm saying I, I just wish I wish that we can find out who was in charge of merchandise during that time yeah. frame. Because I'm really curious to see if that was something that was ever even brought to the table or not. It might have been something that some a simple idea like that we just never thought of back then, you know? Right. But even if even if you could say sell a very limited quantity, you'd have had guys who were willing to spend thousands of dollars to get a replica belt back in the eighties. Cause there was no one else that had one. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's keep the conversation rolling. Championship belt designs, good, the bad, the ugly. And right here's one of the good ones. Babyface Brian from Chico, California. Good morning, Babyface. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you, Jay. Good morning, Tommy. Um, before we talk about belts, just got to uh, congratulate uh, Rick Recon on the title win. I did get to see a fan video of the elbow drop, uh, which I loved. Uh, great finisher to win the belt. Um, congratulations to Bull James on uh, the historic run that he had. Uh, wish I'd been there to see it, and I'm looking forward to getting on YouTube and, and watching the match in full. Um, Tommy, you've got a hell of a contest giveaway that i saw on twitter um while the garbage truck rolls by so i can mute my phone can you tell everybody what they can win if they uh, subscribe to youtube and uh follow you on twitter i'm sorry about that someone was out the door trying to get in i had to oh. tell them that we're closed i put it on i put on mute real quick what was that again sorry he wanted that. uh oh if he's brian went on hold a, yes oh here he goes he's back You've got a uh, contest right now for followers of YouTube and for Twitter where there's a heck of a prize package I saw. They figure everybody that gets a chance uh, or that wants a chance should hear about it. Uh, You're giving away an SD Jones LJN and a ton of merch uh, just for following ISPW on Twitter and on uh, YouTube. And so I just thought everybody should know about that. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. I'm actually going to reshare all that today on, on all the social media pages. So, you know, we're just trying to get our, you know, we have a ton of followers on 80s Wrestling through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, you know, it, obviously, you know, I'm a marketing guy, so it, it only makes sense to try and get some of those guys over, guys and girls over to the ISW uh, 
uh, pages. So I figured it to be a little contest. I have a bunch of merchandise in the store. I'll, I'll repost the pictures today by everyone that follows uh, ISPW on Twitter or if I post it on Instagram or, or, or Facebook, and then subscribes to the ISPW Wrestling YouTube page. You get an opportunity to be entered in a drawing to win this merchandise. But, yeah, thank you for uh, posting that. I mean, saying that, I'm going to actually repost it later today. Awesome. Yeah, I went ahead and uh, subscribed under uh, uh, my uh, real name account instead of just A's Wrestling Fan to make sure I don't get lost, lost in the shuffle. But uh, on the topic of belts, um, I've, uh, great stuff everybody's brought up so far. Um, my my vote, uh, my favorite, is the, you know, the, a couple that I got to see in, uh, in person the first time, and, and I think that makes a nice difference is actually if you get to, got to go to a card and you got to see it in person, um, the IC title, like Danny said, uh, my, that's my number one belt of all time. I got to see Randy Savage uh, against Billy Jack Haynes actually as a challenger, and Randy had the IC belt with the red WWF logo. So that's that's my favorite. And then the uh, I got to see singles matches with the when the Bulldogs had the belt um, in singles matches against the Hart Foundation. So those two are kind of at the top of the list. The IC with the red logo, those classic. Uh, tag titles that the Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation held. And then um, it's a toss-up between the 86 Hogan, which uh, was replicated on that giant belt for uh, WrestleMania three that they made for Andre and the Winged Eagle. Those two are neck and neck as far as uh, favorites. And one that people haven't brought up yet is uh, old-school U.S. title that was shaped like the United States that had uh, mm. you know, Roddy had it. And uh, Sergeant Slaughter had it, and uh, when Sarge had it, I know that he's uh, pointed out to look for a mistake, but they actually spelled, I believe they spelled heavyweight wrong on there. Um, when Ric Flair had the big gold belt, the very first time they introduced it on television, the nameplate with Rick spelled wrong. It was R-I-C-K. So it's it's funny to me the history on these where they, they put all this time and effort and money into these gorgeous belts, but, you know, they didn't have somebody to, to edit, an editor to spell check and make sure that just the wording was written correctly. So that's just some funny stuff about the belts. Um, great talk so far, like the customization stuff, the Daniel Bryan and the Fiend belt, those are, you know, a couple that are really fun to look at. Um, I probably would be on the side of trying to keep it more historic, but, uh, also, the like the Stanley Cup had the they actually I believe it's inscribed with all the teams that have won and mm-hmm. the original big green belt that uh, the Hulk won. Originally, it had like twelve, thirteen little nameplates on there on the side mm-hmm. of each champion and who they won it from. So, I'm not opposed to the the nameplates or the personalized little badges on the the new belts. And and like Tommy has said, I you know having a huge WWF logo for Patrick Mahomes and other guys to, you know, advertise and wear all over on TV and, yep. and show that big WWE logo. It it all makes sense, and it's a, a reason why I don't think they'll they'll go away from it. And uh, and if I was going to pick one, like, least favorite or two least favorites, uh, you guys already hit the nail on the head with those tag titles that look like a penny and, and, the, uh, and the IC title that, I don't know, it's just – those would be some belts. If they're not going to do the big WWE uh, logo on there, I'd love it if they bring back the classic IC title or the classic tag belts. No no good reason why they couldn't bring those back at least. So all these 
you know, things have been mentioned, a lot of these things have been mentioned so far and great conversation from Danny and Brian so far on, on this. So uh, how excited Tommy is uh, Rick Recon to have that uh, ISPW bell around his waist. Yeah, man. First of all, I, I agree with everything you just said as well. Thank you very much uh, for bringing up the Rick Recon thing. Yeah, it was this past last Saturday. And yeah, it, it meant a lot to him. And uh, you look at the the history of the ISW heavyweight title, and you had East Darling, who was probably the biggest independent name in the last, you know, in the 90s, definitely. So and he was the five-time ISW champion. And you know, uh, Head Shrinker Samu was an ISW heavyweight champion. And Chris Candido was an ISW heavyweight champion. So, I, and, and, you know, Danny Inferno and, you know, a few others. Of, uh, Danny Morrison, Crowbar. So, those list of names, he's now associated with those names. So, yeah, man, I, I think the situation where we were talking earlier about uh, a belt making the wrestler and the wrestler making the belt. I'll give you a perfect uh, scenario. So just say it's Crowbar as the ISW champion. I think that we'd all be in agreement in saying that Crowbar makes the belt because he's Crowbar, right? Indeed. And then here you have Rick Recon, who just won the belt last week from Bull James, who's another really you know big name in the area. And knowing the history of the ISW title, like I said, with Candido and Ace Darling and Inferno, uh, Danny Inferno and Samu, Crowbar, and, you know, that makes having that belt on Recon, that belt is making him, don't you think? Uh, to to start, I guess, yeah. It, it's, uh, it, you could, uh, I think he'll definitely add his uh, his his mark to that belt for sure. Hopefully a long oh, no, no, range. Hopefully no. not a. No, I was gonna say absolutely. I don't. I don't mean it that way. I mean like, you know, uh, when Crowbar had the title, like he's he's so he has so much um, notoriety and, and and fame that you know he was you know he, he put the belt on him like oh shit like then you put the belt on Rick Recon who's still up and coming but all this history behind that belt it elevates his game a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure. Uh, he will elevate the belt as well once he gets up and running because he has a really bright future. But, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting topic that, you know, we, we can bring up a ton of wrestlers and say, did the wrestler make the belt or did the belt make the wrestler? Because they are two totally different things, and they both do happen all the time in this business to this day. Yeah, I can see it definitely levels him up. It's just like when uh, Randy won the title from – Tito Santana, that leveled up Randy Savage in WWF fans' minds. And then over the course of, you know, 414 days with the IC title for Randy, he, uh, you know, through his work, leveled up that belt uh, another notch as well. So, uh, and, and added his, uh, his macho style to it. So, so I, I exactly hear what you're saying. It levels Rick Recon up by getting the belt and, uh, the work that he does in ISPW uh, while he holds the belt, I'm sure that'll that'll boost it again. Um, like I say, I love that elbow drop finish that I saw from Fan Cam. I'll have to watch the uh, watch the replay of it, but that was uh, something that got me thinking. If I was going to win a title, uh, the flying elbow drop would be top of the list as far as how I would want to uh, how I'd want to do it if I was a wrestler. So very cool finish there as well. 
Thanks, man. Yeah, if you, if you, I don't, you said you saw a fan cam of it. If you go on the ISW uh, YouTube page, the, the match is in entirety, and you see a celebration afterwards, along with me getting in the ring and celebrating with them at the end as well. So, again, anyone that wants to see that, you can head over to ISW Wrestling on uh, YouTube and, and check that out. Awesome. I will do it. You guys have a great weekend, and thanks for talking uh, with me again on here. I love talking to you guys every week. You guys take care. You too, Brian. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Are you, are you. are you crying, Jen? What's going on? <laughs> I had to... Had to clear my throat. I get choked up talking about title belts, man. Just tugs at my old heartstrings. <laughs> <laughs> Little frog in the throat there. You're right. Thanks for calling me out uh, with, t- with a tear in my eye talking about the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, man. All right. We got a, we got a couple callers waiting on hold. We got about 15 minutes uh, left, and then we want to talk more about titles making the man versus man making the title. So we're going to keep the conversation rolling by picking up the phone and talking to Joe from Atlanta. Joe, good morning, sir. That's right, Jumping Jay, with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest (laughs) moment of my life. When you walk around this world and people want to know who the man is. (laughs) That's awesome, Joe. Okay, guys. Um, I'm actually going to start with this, folks. Uh, you had the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, on a couple episodes ago, and he was asked a great question about, like, you know, were you disappointed, Ted, that they never put the heavyweight title on you? And his answer was so perfect from a real person, which he said something along the lines of, does it really matter? that you, you, If he thought back then, like, he was just doing what he did. He didn't care. But the irony of it is that that, same guy possibly did get to carry around the most beautiful, great title there is, the million-dollar belt. I, I do think that belt itself, the million-dollar belt, just may be the best of the best belts. Um, I'm going to transition, folks, because uh, I've literally been meditating about the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers and I kind of picked up that everybody in your listening audience agreed on Hulk Hogan. Then last week, somebody said Vince McMahon, which I was like, yeah, that's good. And I'm going to throw two more out there, which I don't think anybody said, but Jesse Ventura, in my opinion, could deserve a, a spot on Mount Rushmore because to me, in my brain he is the voice of wrestling whenever i start thinking wrestling that's the voice i hear he was a wrestler too so how about jesse ventura and then here's one that i think your listeners might say hmm because nobody said this guy jerry the king lawler um and i'm gonna i'm gonna speak on jerry the king lawler's behalf because he's known from movies such as man on the moon as being a wrestler when he uh wrestled uh that crazy guy from taxi <laughs> um he he's to me he's kind of like the, represents the southern memphis wrestling just to have the word the name the king and then that the fact that he did commentary for the wwe as play-by-play so i think jerry the, jerry the king lawler might be a guy on the mount rushmore you, you guys want to ca- tap into that listen i think jerry jerry the king lawler's uh what he's given to the world of professional wrestling is he probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves because he was Memphis wrestling for a long time. He was 
all over. When he wrestled Andy Kaufman, that thing was pop culture. That thing was on the David Letterman show. That was absolutely everywhere. And then, like you said, his voice for Monday Night Raw for years and years and years. When you stop and think about what he's contributed to the to the world of professional wrestling and how different it would look without Jerry the King Lawler, it, it would be a very different business. And so I agree that he is somebody that probably does not get the respect he deserves. And even with Jesse Ventura, the thing that's going through my mind is, let's say you could have a Mount Rushmore. We talked last week maybe about a Mount Rushmore of wrestlers and maybe a Mount Rushmore of managers and tag teams and then commentators. Would you put Jesse the Body Ventura and Jerry the King Lawler, both had tremendous wrestling careers, but both had tremendous commentary careers. Which, which side of the mountain would you put him on, Joe? Would you put him on a wrestler uh, Mount Rushmore, or would you put him on like a, a commentator's Mount Rushmore? You're right. Commentator. You're right. Yep. They're both great picks. I'm glad you brought both names up because you're right. Nobody brought it up last week. Yeah, I'm gonna, but both those guys I'm gonna, have I'm gonna contributed jump, a I'm great gonna, deal. I'm, I'm going to jump on this real quick also. It's an interesting uh, debate as it was last week. I really enjoyed last week's episode talking about it. And last week when we were talking about, you know, the names that, you know, it's so subjective and, and so hard to narrow it down the four guys. Like I said, we all agreed that Hogan and Stone Cold were on it. And there's a debate for, you know, probably hundreds of others. And, and, and Lawler's name was definitely, you know, I don't know about Jesse, but Lawler's name would definitely be in the mix as far as being a direct, now at that time, when he was super red hot, when there were still territories, so if he did a, a Mount Rushmore during the territory days, uh, he might very, 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 very well be on that. So that's a, and then as far as uh, an announcer Mount Rushmore goes, yeah, I think that you definitely have Lawler on there. Jesse was great. He might be on there as well. I mean, there's a lot of other guys that were too, including, you know, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Jim Ross. I mean, there's a ton of people. Uh, both in NWA and WWFE. So, uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's uh, mostly subjective, but I think that Lawler uh, would definitely be on the Mount Rushmore for announcers. And uh, during his time period where it was still territories and he was on top of Memphis, might have been on the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling at that time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And you guys can hang up on me when you hang up on me, but um, I'll give you a minute of wrestling belts now. Um, a couple years ago for my birthday, I went on the WWE site, and my wife allowed me to pick out a belt, so I went with the Blue Winged Eagle, which I'm looking at at the moment. I, I guess all in all, I would say the Winged Eagle is my favorite, especially if you guys remember in WrestleMania four, it was introduced as Robin Leach walked it down the aisle on top of a white little like a blanket because it was the new belt because it, you know, nobody, nobody had the title. So they had to do the tournament. So it was also, not only is the winged Eagle possibly the greatest wrestling belt, but it was introduced so nicely to the wrestling world. So that the winged Eagle. Yeah. Of titles of titles is my favorite belt. Um, with the colors, I totally agree with you guys. Yeah. The ultimate warrior that it worked with that character. Otherwise you do want it on the traditional black, um yeah that's uh to say on that I, and it, because of the fact that these days we can go on to wwe.com and pick out a title and have it delivered mm-hmm. to our house um if if i would go with i got a birthday coming up and if my wife allows me i would go with either the yellow ic belt because it's so iconic in wrestlemania 6 with warrior wearing the yellow ic belt 
before mm-hmm. as I started this off. <laughs> the million dollar belt. <laughs> Both fine choices, man. I hope your wife comes through for you and gets you another belt. Where do you where do you have your, your belt displayed, your your winged eagle? Just up in my man cave. I, I do, you know, I I I I haul it around the house. I'm not joking every once in a while. (laughs) It moves around. It moves around. That's fantastic, Joe. Thank you so much for calling and weighing in. We appreciate it, man. Take care, guys. You know, my my favorite part, yes, the million-dollar belt, Tommy, is gorgeous. But my favorite thing about that is it's such a heel move to not be able to win a championship and to say, I'm just going to have my own made. And it's not like he just showed up one day with it. Like the vignettes of it being made and him and him telling the world, I'm having this made with diamonds and gold. And then showing up with it. Uh, such a heel move. So it was such a great, unique way back then to get heat. Absolutely, Matt. I, and, and, and that's the angle that's really, you know, if you think about it, the history of professional wrestling I don't think that has ever been done before. Another wrestler made his own title belt. We'd have to uh, do some deep research on that from all the different territories from uh, back in the day. But yeah, man, what a what a especially since he was the million dollar man. Uh, what a, what a better way? Uh, you know, if I can't beat Hulk Hogan for the title, I'm gonna make my own. And I'm gonna make it worth a million dollars with diamonds mm-hmm. and gold. And it was super super cool. And uh, that was, I, I would say, a little even before its time, you know? Yeah, and who knows? They say nothing uh, under the sun is new. And so maybe it happened at a territory somewhere else where WWE got the idea. But that's the first time I think mainstream fans saw a guy just up and create his own belt and and bring it to the ring with him and act like this is normal to do. I'm, I'm a bad guy and I couldn't win the belt, so I had my own made. And so, yeah, it was a great way. And then when you talk about how cool it is that, you know, the Hasbro million dollar man figures would come with a little million dollar belt with it as well. It's just great marketing. And maybe the start of, of the replica belt craze that we see now is, you know, those toy belts that were coming with action figures. We got one caller who's been holding on, holding on, waiting to weigh in on what titles were the good, the bad, and maybe even the ugly. Get ready because it's time, Tommy. It's time for Totowa Tom. Good morning, Totowa. You guys ready for another five star call? Now listen. I always am, brother. Yeah, we're always ready. This is how it works. When I when I stop talking for like a, a second or two, that's when you guys come come in. Okay, we got that. All right, here we go. Good First show all, note. I like that. I can't believe what everyone is talking about because last weekend might have been one of the biggest weekends in the history of professional wrestling when you had four pay-per-views in a span of three days. And no one is talking about Impact. No one is talking about AEW. Nobody is talking about NXT. Nobody is talking about the new heavyweight champion in the WWE, which happened on Saturday. They are talking about the new heavyweight champion, Rick Recon, at ISPW. ISPW is the number one independent promotion in New Jersey and the Northeast. If I can't state that again enough, they are the number one promotion out there. If you listen to Busted Open last week, 
If you listen to Busted Open last week, the number one podcast in the nation, you had the ISPW commissioner, Tito Santana, on the airwaves. You had Tito talking about ISPW. If you listened to it yesterday, you had the tag team champions, the now on Busted Open. And what's the now doing this weekend? They are going to be in the Crockett Cup, the most legendary in the world. That is this weekend on Fight TV. I hope everyone is paying money to watch them go after that title. Now, we all know about last weekend. I will We be. all know about what happened. I will Rick be. Recon. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just said I'll be, I'll be tuning in and, and, and supporting them 100%. Excellent. Funny story about Tito Santana. If you read his book, Don't Call Me Chico, when the intercontinental belt was destroyed by Greg Valentine, Tito took the belt home, and his wife threw it out in the garbage. Years later, Greg Valentine went to Tito and said, hey, where's that old belt that I destroyed? Um, I'd like to do some, you know, promotional work with you on it. We can make some money taking pictures with it. And Tito's like, Vince gave me a new belt. My wife threw it out. And Greg was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Nobody knows where that belt is. That oh, belt man. might be. <laughs> Now, as far as uh, uh, Fireman Brian talking about the the Super Bowl trophy, the Vince Lombardi trophy, and the Stanley Cup as never changing over the course of the history of those sports, I understand why they have not changed. You only see those titles once a year when they crown a new champion. The wrestling heavyweight championships are seen every single day, every single event. You do need to change it up every so often. I think it does get stale after a while. Also, regarding, you know, um, tuning in to find out when wrestling podcast, this 80s wrestling podcast is going to be, everyone says, I wake up at 9 a.m. on a Thursday to see what's going on. What is it with the one-hour promotion? Mr. Fierro, you're a promoter. This should be promoted at the beginning of the week. You need to get as many listeners as possible. The promotion should be done at least a week in advance. We should know what the topics are at least a week in advance. You're, what else I, can I, can't, I, can't, I can't say you're wrong, brother. I can't say you're wrong. And my only, my only uh, comeback to that is that there's not enough time in the day for everything that I'm doing right now, unfortunately. But you're 100% right. I hear you. So my favorite belt of all time is the NWA uh, belt that Ric Flair made famous because it was so prestigious, it was uh, almost obscenely big. Um, if you recall, it also uh, made the most noise when he came to the WWF back in the early 90s. They actually had, a, they had to video distort the title because there were issues behind the scenes between, you know, NWA and WWF. But that is my favorite belt of all time um, because of the prestige behind it. And, you know, Flair was the man, and all the previous champions uh, before that in the NWA. There's a longer history in the NWA than there is with the WWF. Mm-hmm. WWE, sorry. Um, as far as, you know, belts, do they make the wrestler, or does the wrestler make the belts? I think what we're, happening, what we're seeing right now is the belts are starting to become more important again. They are making the wrestlers. Roman's held the belt for three years. Austin Theory has held the belt for almost a year. Gunther has held his belt for a year. The Usos held their belts for over two years. That's 
how you get the titles over. I do not think any wrestler should be bigger than the belt. The belt should make the wrestler. If the wrestler transcends the belt, that's why Piper never had a title. Piper didn't need the title to get over. He had his blood feud. He had his grudge matches. Ted DiBiase, the same way. That was two seconds, guys. What do you What do you think about the yeah, new? I want to know what Total Tom thinks about the new World Heavyweight Champion that's Championship garbage. That's Seth Rollins. Garbage. 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 I hate it. I hate it. I maybe not the design. Okay. I just hate the new consolation prize mm. that we yep. have to give to Rollins because you know. Poor Roman. Nobody can beat poor Roman Reigns, you know. What does that say about your heavyweight champion, by the way? You're the guy who's held the belt and carried the company for the last three years. What are you saying about him? I think they just made him into a face if they wanted to because the fans should actually just shit all over Rollins' title. You know, it means nothing to me. Roman is the man, and he has both belts. Hope so what – What's your thought about him? What's, what's your thought about Roman having two belts instead of one unified? Do you like that? No, it should be one belt. It should be one belt, but now we got to. So there's a fine line in professional wrestling and reality, right? I mean, as the storylines go, yeah, you want one belt, but you know, behind the scenes, you have corporations that are paying millions of dollars for the rights to, you know to produce these shows and put them on their networks, the, the suits want to have their own title. It's a known fact. You know, so that Fox wants their own title. Fox wants their belt and USA Network, sure. they want their belt. So there's so many behind-the-scenes political BS that we have to weed through. So let me ask, let me ask you guys this. Maybe you guys know, like when – Cody Rhodes faced Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and came up short. Had he won, would he have gotten both of Roman Reigns' titles, or did you just defend one at a time? It would have been both. So then why is, there, so why is there even two belts then? Well, it's, it's, well, one is for SmackDown and one is for Raw. They split the brands. Do you so think it, is it unify. still that way now that with Seth Rollins yeah. having his own? There's, no, there's three now. Now there's three. There's, I know. Too many. Yeah. And one, and you can't call one undisputed anymore because now it's disputed because Rollins has a title. Yes. And my understanding is yeah. Rollins' title, brand new title, no lineage tied to it whatsoever. Right? Correct? No, there is a little bit of lineage tied to Bruno uh, on the belt. Uh, I believe there is something yeah, in, the uh, design. in the design. In the design, yeah. but oh, as far really? as yeah. history, there's yeah, no history right. to it. He is the the first, the inaugural. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting situation we find ourselves in when it comes to belts. Yeah. So the official, if you go to the WWE website, the official um, word on the new design is that it has three lions that symbolize the McMahon family crest on it. It's got a crown that pays homage to Bruno. And then it's got an eagle on it, which is a callback to the uh, to the winged eagle belt that everybody loves so much. You know, and it's great, and I love that. I love that yeah. part of it. You know, if they wanted yeah. to get rid of Roman's two belts, 
and make yeah. that the belt, the undisputed belt, I'm all for that. And you know what? I will say this. I believe in the WWE and how they promote and how they book. I'm a fan. I follow their storylines. What they're doing right now with the bloodline is legendary. I've, I haven't seen a storyline like this in 40 years of my life. It has captivated me. I'm at the edge of my seat watching it every week, and it can go on for another year or two, and I will still be, you know, that mesmerized and that engrossed into it. So my point being is I think there is a way out. I think the WWE has a plan. I think eventually they're going to wrap this up and put a nice little bow on the top, and we all will be happy. You have to trust that. You have to trust it, and I do. Yes, I was at WrestleMania. For that split second, I was pissed as hell when Cody didn't win the title. That was a good. That was good. I was glad I was pissed off because I was, you know, and that's what, sure. at the end of the day, you need to get the reaction from the crowd. Good or bad, you need to get a reaction. Well said. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. And, and also, um, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Some really valid points right there. I really can't. Uh, touching anything differently because everything you said was pretty spot on. Well, listen, man, we appreciate you calling in. We're going to wrap this show up. Can we talk about one more thing, Tommy? Can we talk about I got to wrap up, man. I got to open the store, man. I'm sorry. Well, give a plug for your show tomorrow. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm going to do to end the show, man. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. You got it. Go to a timeout. All right, man. Yeah, so, yeah, we're going to wrap it up. I got uh, got about 25 people online outside dying to break down the doors of the Wrestling Collector That's located right. in Stockholm, New Jersey, right on Route 23. Uh, tomorrow, if you live in the New Jersey area, ISPW will be in Butler, New Jersey, at St. Anthony's Church Gym, 7.30 p.m. bell time. And the main event will be Rick Recon defending his ISPW heavyweight title for the very first time of all guys against Crowbar, Jumpin' Jay. So it's going to be a hell of a first title defense for Rick Recon tomorrow. And then Tommy Dreamer returns to ISPW tomorrow to take on the international shining star, Ray Kalitri. We're going to have Bull James and Maven talking for the very first time since losing the ISPW heavyweight title last week. We're going to hear from them tomorrow night at the ISPW show. There's going to be women's tag team action tomorrow, Jumpin' Jay featuring Vicious Vicky. And uh, a real uh, big match tomorrow as well will be for the ISPW Tri-State Championship. The champion, the Phoenix GKM, will defend the title against the returning and former tag team partner of GKM's Leo Sparrow. So that all takes place tomorrow night. ISPW, Butler, New Jersey at St. Anthony's Church Gym. Tickets are available now by heading over to ISPWWrestling.com. And uh, I want to end the show by sending out a huge birthday shout-out to my daughter, Emily, who is seven years old today. So happy birthday, Emily. Daddy's closing up early, and I will be home for pizza and cake later. That is fantastic. Please wish her a happy birthday from all of us here at 80s Wrestling, the podcast, Tommy. Yes, sir, man. Until next week, Jumpin' Jay, I hope you have a great weekend, everyone at home. 
and we'll check you out next week right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.